Hello and welcome to another episode of the Young Pro Show. This week is going to be part two of the interview that I have with Jeremy Mann. If you have not listened to part one, would strongly suggest you going back and listen to that as that will just make this conversation make more sense and also more understandable as well as we're just going to kind of pick up where we left off in the last episode. So let's continue forward with Jeremy Mann. All right, so let's backtrack a little bit here. Um, I forgot to mention this. I told you I need to write down my notes, and now I just remembered <laughs> what the third thing was that Jeremy yeah. said that I loved. It was him mentioning especially, especially in today's day and age, in 2020, with social media, with technology, with pictures, with sharing, that you brought up, would you still do what you were doing today mm. if nobody saw you do it? Whew. And as soon as you, you know, you said it and just kept rambling and going, it's not rambling, rambling's not the right word, but you kept going on and instantly I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, I like jumped it back. I'm like, because you know, you're right. I mean, like there are, and again, I'm a huge fan of social media. I I love social media. I'm never one to like try to bash social media, but there are negative repercussions of that within our society. And I think that is a great question. Ooh. To ask yourself on again on many different platforms and different things that like would you do what you were doing right. if nobody saw you doing it and it's similar mm-hmm. to that question with the why like people not knowing their why I feel like if, again this is a general answer but a lot of people would probably not do a lot of things yeah. if they knew that it would never be recognized you know yeah. and 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 that's where I was trying to say that ties into like them not knowing their value or their worth, and they think, well, once somebody recognizes, then that means I'm actually making a difference difference within this company, within this organization. And if nobody does recognize, then it's easy to think, well, okay, I'm not bringing anything to the table. Like, this is pretty much just, you know, I'm replaceable, you know? So I love that statement and you bringing that up about, you know, would you do what you would do? if no one could see you. And it's definitely a concept that takes time and a lot of reflection. Um, it's not something that just kind of happens, you know, understanding that. Um, but I think um, a lot of, you know, a lot of things really go back to my running days is would I still run if there was no race or if no one saw my accolades? And my answer would be yes, because when I run, like I feel good. Um, I'm able to think, reflect, the camaraderie of it, um, and it's just something that's very enjoyable to me. Um, and I, you know, try to apply that to my life as well because, um, you know, I th- I think it's sort of a win win from within mentality, right? Mm, Remember classic Gator- Gatorade. Gatorade. <laughs> Gatorade win from within, um, but there's definitely, and you could get into the psychological aspect of this being. Um, uh, intrinsically motivated versus mm. extrinsically um, intrinsically meaning um, I want this I enjoy this this is part of my personality versus e- extrinsically you know I want it for the money the prestige um, those sorts of things the metal the, the metal for sure that was what got me into running when I was <laughs> in junior high Ooh, a medal Ooh, a medal shiny right um, but I definitely think if if you evaluate and ask yourself the hard questions, allowing yourself to ask yourself hard questions and to really um, let it marinate um, within yourself and saying, why am I doing this? Like, am I doing this for the fame, the fortune, the glory, 
or do I do it because this is, I enjoy this, um, this is what matters. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be daisies and roses, you know, all the time. Absolutely not. There's days when I go to work and I'm like, this is a train wreck. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, at the end of the day, I, you know, take it in stride and do my thing. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of things that I really challenge people to, um, look at in your life. You know, why do you do the things that you do? Not just your job, um, your hobbies, you know, and the people you spend time with, like, do you, do you actually enjoy those things or is it, you know, for something else? Right. And so, you know, for me, um, if I can talk about myself a little bit, um, for example, I really love to travel, you know, and a, a temptation I got to check myself with is, you know, in the age of social media is saying, you know, I'm here, look where I am. Like, um, you know, take the picture and you know, that's it. No, I, um, I've been privileged to travel the world and I recognize that. Um, but I do it because I just love it. <laughs> it's right. a blast. It is, it's, it's adventure and it's hard. Um, finding where your bus is going or where your train or plane is going. Um, it's a adrenaline rush. It, you know, I, I can feel my brain moving, um, getting my pilot's license. Um, you know, okay. People are like, wow, you're a pilot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I am. But like being in the air, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's just one of the most freeing things a person can do. And I love to dance. I salsa dance, you know, and that's, <laughs> I ask people, I'm like, do you want some salsa? And they're like, where's the chips? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no chips here. <laughs> Oh man, I tell people I saw them like, so you like, you know, make dip and like chips? No, like I, I like, um, I like dancing and, you know, um, and gosh, what, you know, just reading, learning all these different things. And, um, if, if your goals and hobbies and job happen to align with what society calls, you know, this is greatness, this is prestige. Okay, cool do you actually enjoy it? Like, is it worth something, um, pursuing? And if it is great, um, and just, you know, reminding yourself, keeping yourself in check, you know, I, someone could very like when I see Dominic Fry and I'm like, Whoa, this man has a business card, like a phone <laughs> number. His face is on a business card. I'm like, that man has prestige. He's a professional. Like, <laughs> He's doing it right. And, and it's very easy to see on the surface level um, to, um, you know, either have good feelings of like, go Dominic, I'm cheering, uh, cheering for you or to have bad feelings of like, ah, jealousy, like, man, like, you know, he's working his way up the corporate ladder um, sort of thing. But um, yeah, just, but I'm sure besides, you know, being on that shiny business card, which is sweet. Um, I have no doubt that you enjoy genuinely selling insurance. You want to, you know, if something happens to me or to, you know, Jimmy or whoever in his family, like you can say, we got you covered. Um, and for you, I can tell that that brings you life. Um, knowing you can come alongside people and say, if something happens, we got you. And that's a, it's a really good place to be in when you, when you find that, that niche, kind of that sweet spot and it definitely it takes time um you know finding that those things where behind closed doors that you're doing 
um, it, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, nursing didn't happen overnight, but I enjoy serving and doing what I do behind closed doors. And if there's glory, great, you know, and um, just taking it in stride. Yeah. And I think, you know, to go back to the original thing that, you know, you mentioned with, with Kobe or with Mother Teresa. And again, the 4 a.m. workouts and, you know, Mother Teresa and the things that they were, she was doing. And like with Kobe, I feel like that's a little bit different than the average person because, you know, he's putting in that work at 4 a.m., but everybody's going to see him at ESPN that night. Yeah. You know, compared to like the average person, like, you know, the original you mentioned about what do you do if nobody saw it but like how many things do does that i do you do nicole does that anybody does mm-hmm. that nobody legitimately ever even sees it's not you know there is a difference between like working hard and then eventually you know you work hard to get your time versus right. working hard and, and you know and you talk about that with running like even if there wasn't the accolades and such you would still do it because it's something you loved and something you enjoyed yeah. and for the average show person, that's the way it's more likely going to be that you're going to put in all this work or you're going to make a change or whatever it may be. And probably nobody's ever going to notice. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but I think, it, yeah, you know, you touched on it a little bit is for myself with insurance. Like, yeah, I mean, I love it and enjoy it just being able to help people out. And for me, it's trying to make something that can be seen as complicated, trying to simplify that process. Mm. And for a lot of people, they hate buying insurance they hate selling insurance for sure or not selling they hate buying insurance and they don't want anything to deal with it and i say okay let me like make this process as simple and as smooth for you it's not right. a hassle i'm not trying to make this difficult i'll explain what we have on here and why we have it on here and why you need it in situations where it does happen but you know nonetheless here is again we want to properly cover you but then as soon as you sign the paper and you start it it's not, oh, shoot, well, is this covered? Is that? Well, Dominic explained it to me, and he knows what he's doing. And, you know, I'm gonna, again, if I have an issue or a question, it can go, gladly go to him and, right. you know, very easily make that process. I, again, I feel like that's probably my number one goal within insurance and with a couple of years in the industry is just trying to simplify the insurance. Just because I think, uh, and partly maybe that's just experience from, like, family and growing up and like in my head it was just insurance was always like a terrible topic like we mm. never wanted to talk about insurance never it was every time insurance was brought up it's like oh yeah insurance. watching paint dry like, seems pretty exciting when <laughs> <laughs> when people bring up insurance for real for real and like for me it's like i'm just the exact opposite like i love i listen to you know all these insurance podcasts and i'm reading about it and i'm fascinated and i love sure. it and love being able and that's for me like my niche is trying to make an impact within my community with my people that right. have a circle of influence or whatever and being able to help them out with their insurance. And they say, dude, I don't want anything to do with this. Just tell me what I need and why. And, you know, right. everybody's different. Some people, I want to know every little thing and why it's on there and tell me what it covers. And I say, no problem. Other people say, just give me a good policy and I don't want to touch it. Sure. I'll pay it and move on. I trust on. you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's just kind of, you know, my philosophy and part of the reason why I love insurance. Um, And to take that a step further, I think recognizing a guy like you um, who recognizes taking it to the next level, you're more than just an insurance agent. You are meeting people where they're at and speaking in a language that they can understand and people recognize that, you know, you're not talking above them. You're truly getting down to their level 
and saying like, okay, the practicality part, like you need to sell insurance. That's your job. That's how you're going to make a living. And they need insurance because what if something does happen, but also meeting them at just as a human being and saying, how's your family doing? How's your kids doing? You know, how's your wife? How's your husband? And, you know, just treating people like people and, you know, recognizing like, are they there to get insurance? Yes. You know, but also recognizing um, that aspect. And if you see them around town, like, hey, how's it going? You know, like you're not trying to sell more insurance. You're just making conversation. Right. Um, which I think is, uh, is major key in any sort of profession is, you know, meet people where they're at. Um, because we're all professionals in our own way, no matter what we studied. And, um, you know, you can teach me something and, um, help me learn and grow as a individual. Right. So. Yeah, like, I think that Dominic has, like, a genuine interest in the people that he's helping find insurance. It's not just, oh, here's another policy. Like, he's wanting to make sure that they're covered and wanting to make sure that if something happens, like, they've got what they need so they're not going to be screwed over down the line. Like, and he's able to, like, do that for them and update them. And, like, the same way with Jeremy, like, he has a genuine interest in his patients it's not about like, oh, well, just checking off this room onto the next one. Like it's genuinely like forming a connection and wanting to like form human connections with people and relationships. Like, yeah, maybe you Mm. never see that person again, like in the hospital, or maybe you have a policy with someone and then you see them once every blue moon, but like being able to spend the time that you have with them or the time, like, even if it is just a few minutes, like making sure that they know that you have like a genuine interest in them as a person and want whatever experience you do have with them to be a positive experience, something that is not overwhelming, like something that you can simplify like Dominic and make them feel like they understand their coverage or like you can help calm people down potentially and make them feel like comfortable and help them understand like what they're going through because sometimes being in a hospital is not always like the (laughs) The most calming (laughs) place yeah like usually it's not for the best reason so like being able to meet people in some of their Mm. um darkest times potentially and like brighten that time up even yeah absolutely and i think uh to kind of piggyback off that i think a key part of that is no matter what field you're at um is recognizing do you want to bring your best self to what you're doing absolutely but i think kind of a um a disarming um of yourself and recognizing like you know i'm a person too at the hospital is being honest like if a patient or a patient asks me how my day's going like sometimes i'll be honest i'll be like you know today's really busy it's hard right now i have a lot of sick people and just being honest like my day's not going well right now right. and right. and kind of showing people that like you know i don't have it all together it really um it creates trust it creates a uh, rapport and um it kind of you know i disarm myself and patients are like wow like you know because th- there's a lot of barriers that people have like mm. i'm wearing scrubs i have a stethoscope yeah. i have this education mask. so it's this mask right, <laughs> right. and um, opening to, up right and kind of taking off the mask uh, metaphorically speaking right <laughs> is um um i'm not gonna go there <laughs> uh let's see it, yeah and you know showing people that like yeah i have a lot of external things that um people create ideas um and barriers but um 
yeah, just kind of disarming yourself. And a humor plays a big part of that too. Like if I joke around um, with my patients or with my coworkers, you know, just simple humor and recognizing like a, your focus should be on work. Um, but also remember, don't take work too seriously and don't take yourself too seriously. Mm. You know, it, mm-hmm. with motivational podcasts like this, it's very easy to like, I want to run through a brick wall too. But, um, you know, also recognizing if, you know, the day just is absolute crap and you feel like, what did I do today? Like, I, this is just a mess, you know, giving yourself grace and just kind of being like, you know what, like having some fun and humor with it. Like it's, it's okay. And being able to leave that at work and not necessarily bring that home. (laughs) I feel like it's so easy. I mean, in plenty of different, um, areas, I mean, taking work home with you as far as like emotionally mentally like and that can be draining like physically and then you're not ready for the next day because you're so worried about what's happening and you're never able to like refresh and like Mm. take a step back and be able to take a break um and then yeah it just wears you down over time if you're not able to like have a healthy work-life balance Mm. and have a life outside of work um, where you're not constantly um, worried or constantly stressed out. Nicole, are you are you telling Dominic something here? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> are you inferring something? No. This leave it at work, not. honey. <laughs> this interview just keeps going farther and farther south. At first, I was trying to change the topic once oh, we were talking so about insurance. Because I'm like, okay, how many people are instantly going to duck out of this interview now? <laughs> no. And we'll see how many even. people, you know, once we get to that point in the inter- uh, you know, with the downloads and such, how many people, all right, I'm out of here. And now, jeez, now we got marital well, counseling. Right <laughs> here. Holy, it Young Pro nothing. Show, this is a whole <laughs> We got it all here at the Young Pro Show. It had nothing to do with Dominic. I'm definitely thinking, like, healthcare field, teaching, things like that. It's yeah. really easy to, like, bring the problems from work home with you. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you do have a concern for people and like a lot of jobs when you're dealing with people. I'm sure if Dominic had someone who had a terrible thing happen with their house and they weren't properly covered, like that would probably eat you up. Like, and if things like that continue to happen, just like patients dying or um, bad home life for children, like there's so many things that, that can really just like eat away at you. And it's important to like work to try to help fix those but also understand that you can't fix everything Mm. and like there has to be a balance there yeah so i was not trying to (laughs) marry (laughs) (laughs) i was not throwing shots the first time (laughs) first time nicole comes on the young pro show and she just instantly throws me under the bus (laughs) not bringing it home (laughs) (laughs) advice for myself yeah (laughs) Uh, great conversation. Awesome. <laughs> I love talking about, you know, really we've spent quite a bit of time on the triple M, uh, you mm. know, several triple M's we've gone through those Mamba mentality, moments. Mamba mentality moments. There we go. Yeah. Um, but let's transition get back to Jeremy. This is an interview on Mr. Man himself. Whew. And he's mentioned it a couple times. Obviously we haven't gone into it. Uh, can you go through... You recently got your private pilot's license. Mm-hmm. Nothing medically related <laughs> at all. You know, it has nothing to do as far as nursing. Yeah. Um, you know, but still a pretty significant part of your sure. growth and development as an individual. Yeah. 
I mean, you know what? Great first question is why? <laughs> right. Um, so I actually, um, it, it's funny. I, this was very much a spur of the moment thing. I definitely had a Mamba mentality moment. I was actually visiting um, a friend in Charleston and I was on a run and um, I just uh, felt this feeling, this direction that my next thing uh, was getting my palettes license. It's Just that, like that it's literally that simple. I was on a run and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the next thing. And I was so, so excited. And I got back on that run and I told my friend, I was like, I'm going to be a pilot. And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go get my private pilot's license. And like her and her housemate just laughed at me. <laughs> yeah, but now here you are. Yeah, now here I am. No, I literally, and um, I got back and I didn't start right away, um, but I called around to a few airports and I said, do you have a program? And a um, couple said no. And I found one in Goshen, Indiana and signed up, met my instructor, started going about once a week, twice a week. And, um, you know, 40 hours is the minimum to get your license and took the test. And, you know, now I'm a private pilot and it was definitely much during that phase of being uh, 23 going on to 24, just embracing the moment and the season that I'm in. And um, at that time, work was getting pretty easy. Um, not easy, but like, I definitely had the flow down, right. understood how things worked in my free time. I was just like, what, you know, I want to learn something not medically related, um, but something different. And um, becoming a pilot was just kind of that next thing and so i mean i would work my three days and um i would study um on my off days um and it's definitely something like the first i remember the first like 10 to 15 hours just loved it like just pure just joy joy at its finest um from my first solo to working with my instructor practicing stalls in the air like stalling the airplane and how do you recover from a stall yeah we didn't do that today <laughs> that's crazy lots of training lots of training and preparation um and dominic and nicole we actually went up today actually yeah and um uh nicole liked it Dom. uh <laughs> I, I liked it for the first half and then my stomach and my brain wasn't agreeing with the rest of it. You, you were like, Jim, are you, are you kind of warm right now? And I was like, no. I feel fine. Yeah, I got pretty nauseous. Yeah. I'll just get straight to it. We, yeah, we did all right. I, I mean, my nursing did kind of come into play there because I was, you know. Yeah. I was like, your, your stomach's queasy. I was like, your blood pressure is probably on the low side. Your blood sugar may be low, too. And um, opening the window just... And he said, you know, open the window, and if you need to throw up, go out the window. Yeah, throw out the window. <laughs> if there's people yeah. below us, you know, that <laughs> really sucks. <laughs> I didn't even think... I was more worried. I'm like, dude, if I throw up out yeah. the window, it's going to go all over the plane. <laughs> and then who's going to clean up the plane just yeah. with puke on the side? Oh, man, that was, but I, 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 I didn't I do that. Was, I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. It was, it was great. It was a good moment. But no... It was definitely um, just something I really wanted to pursue. And um, recognizing as uh, people, I think we've kind of, there's a lost, lost art of being a multidimensional person. Because, you know, back in the day, 100 years ago, um, your doctors also played the piano. They were also music musicians. Musicians were doctors. And philosophers were, you know, hand craftsmen. They worked right. with wood. I mean, 
guys that worked in philosophy did hands-on stuff. And we've kind of lost that today with um, just 2020 and, um, you know, a lot of kids, they go to college and they're specialized in one thing um, and that's it. Um, But the more fields that I kind of study and um, delve myself into, a lot of things are actually pretty related. And so the things that I learned in nursing, there's actually things that apply to flying. And there's a medical part to flying and learning, you know, when the light hits the retina, what does it do? Why um, do your eyes need to adjust at nighttime? Well, it has to do with the rods and the cones in your eye. And, um, you know, learning these things and uh, learning music, you understand uh, the rhythm of music can impact, I don't know, the the rhythm of your brain. And um, I think a lot of fields are definitely more connected um, than people realize. And, you know, back in the day, hundred years ago, guys, gals, they were just very multidimensional. Um, so that's something I definitely recognize. Um, at 24, I was just like, okay, I don't want to just be a nurse. Um, you know, I want to take on other roles and, um, positions. And so, um, yeah, get, getting, you know, your private pilot's license. It, it's been one of the best decisions of my life. It's an absolute blast. I look forward to it. Every time I go up, uh, nothing beats a takeoff. That's what I've always said. Nothing mm-hmm. beats that takeoff because um, it's once not- we hit the ground, that was pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's fun because when you're flying, it's not like you can just when you go hop in your car, you hop in, drive away. You know, it takes maybe when we went up today, it took me probably at least thirty minutes of preparation because I arrive. I have to get the keys. You obviously want to hit the bathroom before. I have a checklist. I do a pre-flight. I make sure, okay, like my wings are good. You know, we're good on fuel. And then um, there's more checklists. There's a lot of checklists, checklists, checklists. And then when you hit the runway and, you know, you you build up. You have your ducks in a row. You've done all these things. And now now's this just grand moment. Now's the takeoff. Mm-hmm. And nothing mm-hmm. beats it. And I think that can be applied to your life as well, right? I mean, um, if you're creating a business or a podcast, you know, you do a lot of prep, a lot of prep, a lot of prep. And a lot of that attention to detail and that preparation, it sets you up to just springboard and create something that's, that, you know, really takes off, so to speak, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, pun intended. Pun definitely intended. <laughs> um but nonetheless, uh, yeah, and it, it's something, it's something again, practical. Um, I got it because um, at that time I was still like, oh, I'll go live overseas and, you know, I want to be a nurse, but also want to be a pilot. And, you know, if I'm in sub-Saharan Africa or Goshen, Indiana, and someone needs help, I want to be able to step in and say, you know, hey, I can help or, hey, I can fly, whatever. Like, you need to go? Like, we'll fly, you know. Um, yeah, I, I want to give myself a tool belt to be able to, you know, just help those around me. And mm-hmm. let's be real, flying an airplane is really fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that combination, which, yeah. and again, whether it's your career or whatever you're doing, that combination of, yeah, it is fun. You know, it is right. something you enjoy doing, but right. also it is, you know, the practicality and being able to, right. the convenience for your, you know, with flying, the convenience for yourself to be able to, take weekend trips right. on the plane and save a couple hours or drive in or, uh, you know, being able to help people out in that way. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's cool. You mentioned about, even though all that stuff, 
cones and rods and such and all that stuff's way over my head. <laughs> In your eyeball. When I think of cones, I think of like construction along the side of the road, oh, yeah. and, like an orange cone. But nonetheless, yeah. uh, you know, it's just the like the way that the two relate and the way that you can use, even though right. they're obviously very different, but the way that they still. Uh, relate and coincide together and to add on to that i'll be very open about this i actually failed my first attempt at my private pilot's license Mm. Um, and i'm very open about that because i mean it knocked me down for a couple days you know i spend um, a lot of money trying to get this and you know over 40 hours of being in the actual air 40 hours of flight time and um i got an unsatisfactory on my check ride and it uh it knocked me down Mm. Um, and I was frustrated because I know how to fly the airplane. Flying the airplane comes very natural. It was the book part (laughs) that, um, lift and, um, uh, aerodynamics and, um, those sorts of things. I understood, but didn't understand totally. And that, that's what got me that. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try again. You know, I'm... I really enjoy this. I love it. I've made it this far. And just because I failed doesn't mean I failed. And so I'm going to just keep pushing on. I'm going to retest. And, um, you know, I talked with my instructor. He said, okay, you know, this is what you missed. This is what we talked about. And then the second time, I same instructor, and I passed the, the book part, the part where I talked with him, passed that. Once we got in the airplane no problem Boom. which i would rather be better at flying an airplane than you know understanding <laughs> <laughs> you know all the ins and outs you know i mean yeah you have to understand that stuff but um at the end of the day you know you're flying an airplane and you know pass that and second time around got my license and you know in my free time this is something i'm able to do so um just recognizing like just because you might fail at something doesn't mean you have to quit you know it may mean that maybe you are truly my heart's not in this um and like i touched on earlier it takes great discernment is this something i just don't like and don't want to continue or no like i actually really like this and even though i failed you know i can keep pushing on yeah that reminds me of a previous episode um with one of dom's co-workers carrie coleman and she talked about that she wants to continue learning and growing and if she fails, she'll fail forward. Ooh. So being able to like, Woo. if you fail, you're gonna take that and I gotta go stand up go for that one. <laughs> <laughs> take fail that and go forward. somewhere with it. And, I love and, that. Um, yeah, not not fail for no purpose. Like if you're going to fail, that is yeah. uh, crossing a, or a fork in the road. Yeah. yeah, like you have to then decide what are you gonna do next. Like, yeah, yeah why did you fail? Was it because? um you weren't you weren't your heart wasn't in it like is this like something that helps you determine no i want to i want to go for this full force or something that's no you know i think i need to take a different route so absolutely failing forward failing and i appreciate you know and i remember the first time i talked to you about jeremy but you even share on a podcast and just being open and honest and saying like yeah i didn't pass the first time because i think you know, and you mentioned this earlier, even with, you know, with working in, as dumb as it sounds, but people just appreciate honesty and being able, you know, whether it's at work with right. your patients, but like in this case, like to be able to come out and say like, yeah, I, I failed, yeah. I failed. And 
because uh, for a, mo- a lot of people, I feel like, and even myself, you know, this is something I feel like isn't just, <laughs> um, oh, generally speaking, this is more like, yeah, probably myself. Like, if I fail at something, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I probably won't tell anybody about that. Right. But, like, as yeah. soon as I succeed, <laughs> hey, hey, look at me. Hey, <laughs> you know what? Let me type up this Instagram post real quick. <laughs> uh, right, right. You know, and it's yeah. something, you know, when you fail, and that's something I feel like, again, generally speaking, that, like, is not... And I understand it's a little more vulnerable for people to share those failures, but something that could really be beneficial is if people on all mm-hmm. levels, no matter where you are in life, young, old, in the middle, and how experienced you are, being able to say like, yeah, I failed at this and this and I was terrible. You know, Some of the most inspiring like entrepreneurs and people have been like, yeah, I right. have started all these businesses and the 17th one became yeah. Apple or became Microsoft yeah. or whatever it may be. And it's like, okay, but how um, you know, how do you think they felt when that third, fourth, fifth idea, you know, failed and just being able to be open and honest and saying, yeah, like I failed, but again, I came to, like Nicole said, came to crossroads and okay, either get more serious and buckle down or, eh, okay, you know what, this was just right. wishy-washy. And it, it definitely takes time and, um, I'm not giving a, a broad stroke, like, you know, always tell people about your fit failures. If you're not comfortable with that, then oh, don't yeah. tell people, you know? But I, I definitely, like, for me, I was like, um, I learned that sometimes it is okay to highlight your failures um, because I think it gives people room to see you as a person because it's easy for people to see Dominic Fry and be like, wow. Dominic's really smart. Like he's got it figured out. I don't know, you know? too many people say that. And <laughs> <laughs> or people just kind of put you on this pedestal of being like you're super super smart, and it it really um, allows people space to mm. you know say like hey listen like I'm gonna highlight my failure because I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I don't give up, and you know I work hard and um, highlighting your failures it it really gives people um kind of an aha moment like oh like this didn't just happen you know you see the tip of the iceberg you see something on social media you graduated college whatever and it seems like you know it just happened easy but you know work right if you work for it and if you do fail forward i love that fail forward is um it really (laughs) shows people like oh like jeremy failed his first attempt like I failed at this and kind of just gave up and you know, maybe like, maybe I can give it a second shot. And I think, and highlighting your failures, I think it really allows the other to, um, to give it another shot and to say, okay, I have the confidence to, to do this again. Um, again, if you're comfortable with that, um, if you're not, that's totally fine. But if, if you can, you know, be okay with that, it's, it's truly inspirational. Okay, so we talked about uh, what your year 24 looks like and all the plans that you had for 24 and um, all that you had, like, goals of accomplishing in that time. So my next question is, what does 25 look like? Oh, coming up, isn't it? 25. That is a great question. 25, or even let's just expand that question a little more, even five years, 10 years. You know, like, I mean, you talked about at the very beginning, you talked about 24, and all the things you had planned going into it yeah. and all the things that you have accomplished <laughs> in sure. your Mamba year. Um, and, and just like, yeah, what in five to 10 years? And again, at this point, it's really more just goals. Like who knows where they, again, you look at how much change has happened in the previous year. 
you know, potentially how much growth there will be in five, ten years. But as of now, like, where do you see yourself yeah. in that one year, five years, sure. ten years, the future? Sure, absolutely. Um, to begin, to answer Nicole, uh, 25, otherwise known as halfway to 50. <laughs> Gosh, just saying that is terrifying. The, I think when I, it was either my birthday or Jeremy's birthday, when it might have been Jeremy's, when he turned 22, and the very first thing he says, like, hey man, happy birthday. He's like, I'm halfway to 44! <laughs> I'm like, that's your first thought? That's your yeah. instant go-to? Right, yeah. No, it's, it's a great question, um, and I think... Um, going forward is um, continuing to kind of cultivate the the things that I've already um, mm. attained. Um, so continuing to um, grow as a nurse, continuing to gain hours as a private pilot, um, and those sorts of things. So not just kind of forgetting about you know this groundwork that I've laid. Mm. So continuing to cultivate the things that um, I've already. Um, earned and created um, but also looking forward and saying what else can I create um, definitely five to ten years from now I, I have a deep desire within me to create something hmm. um, whether it's an app a business or an idea um, you know whether it's something that just stays here in South Bend or hits a global stage like I I think of things and I shoot for the moon <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my coworkers the other day, I was like, <laughs> I have a coworker, uh, who was I talking to? Was I, I think I was talking to Jackie. And I was like, Jackie, I was like, if Elon Musk had a mission to Mars, and I'm like, you know, like 70, 75, and they need like, you know, nurses, doctors to go to Mars, I might just go because what the hey, I'm already 75, like I'm on my way out, and to be on the... <laughs> To be one of the first people on Mars, like, you know, my family, like, they'll be grown. And I'll just be like, all right, kids, going to Mars. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> and my coworkers just looked at me like I was the craziest person. I can't imagine and it, why. And I was like, you know, it'd be a one-way ticket, but whatever. <laughs> and then uh, one of my other coworkers was like, but what about your family? And then I kind of felt bad. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll settle for the moon. Two-way ticket. I'll go to the moon. <laughs> go, I'll just go to the moon, you know, go do, uh, you know, nursing on the moon, whatever, and then uh, come back and, you know, I'll settle. I'll settle for that. Okay, so that's a 50-year anyway. principle. 50 year. Let's go yeah, back to but, the five no, to nonetheless, ten. Nonetheless, the, the moral, <laughs> moral of the story is um, I would like to, you know, shoot for the moon, create something big. Um, practically speaking... Um, I'm very much an idea person. Um, like you could give me a box of rocks and I could tell you, you know, how to create an idea off of it and make it, um, valuable. You know, what, what if you sold rocks as pets? I'm that, guy was I miss that. <laughs> that guy was Already a genius. That guy was a genius. Already idiot. taken. Already taken. Um, but no, I, I'm definitely like, I, I just have a natural ability of like ideas. I mean, um, you know, whether it's apps or whatever. Um, so I definitely have this kind of creative energy and I feel like I have kind of the, yeah, entrepreneurial spirit um, that like, I really want to create something in the next five to 10 years. And if it's big, great. If it's, you know, within my city, that's awesome. Um, but I feel like I have a good combination of practicality, being a nurse, being a pilot, and also a lot of imagination. 
So I like to believe I'm an optimist. So I'm like, okay, there's a problem in the world. How can we make this better? How can we, you know, create flourishing and create a better world, right? Um, so gosh, I, I don't even know what that looks like from now. Um, but I definitely, um, I think, I don't know. I, when I was young and ambitious, 24, uh, <laughs> but graduating nursing school, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a nurse and then I'll probably get my nurse practitioner or be a certified registered nurse anesthetist. And now that I'm two years out, I'm kind of like, eh, grad school, maybe I won't do that. Like that seems like a lot of work. Um, but I'll leave it. I would leave that on the table, being a provider, um, being able to diagnose. Um, and I think it'd be kind of cool to be a provider and, you know, walking around with my cane one day, like Dr. House and, you know, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely, you know, I mean, I'd like to get married one day and have a family and, you know, definitely do that. Um, and, and to continue, um, cultivating that creative spirit. Um, definitely, uh, cr just creating something. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of vague. Um, but that's, that's Jeremy five to 10 years from now. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it is a little vague, but at the same time, like, again, you talked about the amount yeah, that was at the beginning of the podcast, just going into 24 and all the very specific things that you wanted to accomplish in that year that, yeah, you know, five years when you're that detailed on the years and the days and the months right. like five years seems like forever but for me like i love i get fired up just hearing you saying about how you you want to create something you know mm. no matter how much of an impact it is and just right. like and i think potentially even more fun or just as much fun as actually creating something it's just the thought process of coming up with those ideas mm. you know and yeah. constantly you know those ideas pop in your head and you throw them against the wall, and then some days, you know, maybe the next day, and you're like, yeah, you know what, that was pretty dumb. Like, right. that's probably not going to go anywhere. And then there's maybe a couple ideas that you have that over time, like, right. well, okay, okay, you start to practically think of it, okay, how could I do this, how could I do that, and start to, like, formulate those ideas, but nonetheless, that just, like, cultivating period to... Um, just to like come up with the ideas right. it's just fun and just and I, a dream i think that's what a lot about having that entrepreneurial spirit is all about is you know i can throw out a hundred ideas it only takes one to stick hmm. right yeah. and that's why i mean i'm a huge fanboy of like elon musk right i mean <laughs> i like the dude is crazy but he's so crazy <laughs> that he's basically you know real life iron man you know i mean he's just off the wall and going back to what i said earlier in the podcast you don't have to be crazy but boy it sure helps and you know crazy <laughs> crazy crazy with uh you know uh within limits you know don't go off the deep end but um you know i mean people look at elon musk and i mean the dude just takes it to that next that's next next level and he, he's a little crazy. Kobe was a little crazy. Mother Teresa, probably a little crazy. And just really being like, you know what? Like, I come up with a bunch of ideas and, you know, people might think I'm crazy. Like, that's the dumbest idea ever. But how many big ideas, you know, like Thomas Edison, uh, you know, and oh my gosh, what do you, the light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have, it was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> but like, you know, candles worked, right? Like, why would we need a light bulb? Like, mm. I have a candle, like. Who cares? And, you know, he tried and tried again. And I think it was like his, I should look this up. This would probably be a Jeopardy question. I think it was like his 178th try 
Um, he finally got the light bulb. Um, but, but that's the thing is you get in the game. Get busy living or get busy dying, you know. Mm. Um, and just try. And that sounds so simple and not profound. But if there's a problem um, in the world, logistically or even just, you know, relationally, what, whatever it is. What do you, you try? You always, you try and you try again, even 178 times. Or for me, my private pilot's license failed the first time. You know what? You, you try, you give it a shot. You, you take a ball, you, you know, throw it on the wall. And if it sticks, great. If it doesn't do it again, you know, mm. what, 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 what's going to happen, you know? And that's what I like to ask myself is what is the worst that's going to happen? True. And with my new nurses, I asked them, I'm like, okay, tonight, you know, you're a little nervous. What's the worst that can happen? And they say, well, you know, someone could die tonight. And then I say, okay, now we know the worst. Let's move forward. (laughs) So, so honestly, you know, and with big ideas, now I'm going off, totally off the wall. But no, honestly, like, you know, if I'm throwing ideas on the wall, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay, it doesn't happen. It doesn't lift off. Okay, cool, whatever. Right. You know, being an insurance agent. If you don't like being an insurance agent, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get a new job right. and find something else, you know? And I, th- I think kind of just putting a name on some of those fears is part of the process of helping people grow, learn, um, is asking yourself those hard questions and, and giving, it, giving it a name, you know, and saying, if it doesn't take off, what's going to happen? Okay, like cool you know Mm. so i don't know just just kind of having that um um having your if you are a business person or an entrepreneur you know having your ideas um peppered with a little craziness is okay um because that's how we move forward right it's getting uncomfortable Mm. it's embracing that little bit of craziness and um if it doesn't take off you know that's that's okay so so let's get into the last question. Classic question, number one question of this podcast. I ask for sure, 100% without a doubt, every single interview. I'm pumped. Again, we've talked about a year. We've talked about five years, ten years. Ooh. Let's shrink it down. And what are you doing today? What are you doing on a day-by-day basis to reach your dreams of tomorrow? Oof. That's a one-liner right there. Um, so today, um, today to reach my goals of tomorrow, um, I have a vision, um, and I understand my why. Um, a lot of um, kind of moving about through the world. Um, if you don't know those things, if you don't have a philosophy that's kind of igniting your direction, then you're kind of you're just kind of floating about, right? You kind of need a theoretical framework to um, go throughout the world, right? So for me today, I know a lot of my whys. I'm still learning my whys and those will probably change. Um, But I understand my whys, my um, whys, and I have a vision of kind of how I'm built, how my brain works, how I'm made. And because I understand those things, I'm able to kind of take that energy and then put it into use throughout the world. Um, 
and understanding that um, truly greatness, um, it takes time, it takes cultivation, um, and if I get bummed out because I'm working on a goal that's not moving as fast as I would like to, again, taking a step back, reflecting, remembering your why, and remembering, um, remembering your vision and moving forward. So that's what I'm doing today to reach my goals of tomorrow. I love that, dude. That's a great answer. I mean, we talked about the why uh, previously in the show, but the vision, Ooh. I like that. When you, when you said that, that was I jumped back at that. Ooh. Having a vision, having, mm. uh, you know, a path. And I don't, you know, vision is just a very active word, and I like mm. that. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes, well, Jeremy Mann. Jeremy Mann. <laughs> thank you for your time, man. Uh, this thank has you. been a fantastic couple episodes. We'll split this up, however. Um, but nonetheless, this has been awesome. Been a great interview. Yeah, again, as mentioned at the beginning, you are one of if not the main reason why i decided to create this podcast and uh you know just have, being able to have conversations like this with you and being able to record them and just put them out there um you know i love just going through and all the the the, the triple m <laughs> moments i can't even say it without laughing it's, it's a Model serious mentality thing, but, moment yeah <laughs> the triple m the m cubed moments yes, sir. um you know it's just awesome and just being able to bounce things off the wall and mm. and again and that's something one of the main reasons why we get along so well is we're both just always thinking of new ideas always Absolutely. always wanting to grow always wanting to you know not just settle with where we are currently but always trying to learn more and um, For sure. you know and not just doing anything halfway whatever right. we're doing we're all in, all in and um knowing our why and we got that vision Whew. I love it. Thanks for having me on the show, Dom. Appreciate it.